Now, back to Professor Birdsong for more Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Yes, world, this is Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio. Happy to still be with you. As you know, I don't take callers, but um, you can email me at lbirdsong22 at gmail. Dot com if you have comments about the show. Write to me. I'll read what you say, and I will talk about it on the radio. Right now, I'm trying to see if Priscilla Richardson is here with us. Priscilla, Hello. are you there? Oh, thank you for having me. I gave you a little introduction before our last little break there. We know that uh, you have a degree from law, a degree in law from Virginia Law School. You practice law. You are a writer, a speaker, and you have spent a lot of time overcoming your fear of speaking and now set out to help others with their own fear. Yeah. Now, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, and I, I think so. I told you this, my own father was not much of a professional. He had an accounting background, and he liked to work in his church. He did lay work, and um, he had to give a talk to the congregation two or three times a year, he always lost his voice <laughs> just before he had to give the talk. We all sort of laughed at it, but now you tell me that this is a real reaction that some people have, the fear of speaking. Is that right? Yes, yes. I mean, anytime you're you're afraid, I don't suppose anybody's ever threatened you with a gun and it was about to murder you, but I suspect then you would have also lost your voice. That's the same thing. <laughs> That's the very same thing, terror. You can be terror, terrified of somebody trying to kill you. You can be terrified of having to stand up in front of a group of people. Yes. It seems that a lot of people have this fear of speaking. Now, I've, I've never had it because I'm a natural ham, okay? I like okay. to speak. I like to talk to people. I like to be a lawyer and all of that. But um, you tell us, and I want you to tell me more about it, you say there's more to conquering the fear of public speaking than just getting over it. What do you mean by that? Well, if you... Take the advice that some people give you, which is just to do it. They say, you know, that's too bad, just the fact that you're absolutely wretchedly miserable. Uh, just do it anyway. <laughs> well, I don't like that. That's never been my, my plan of life. And so I think the first thing you have to do is learn a little something about speaking. You have to learn to breathe from your diaphragm so that your brain does not stop working. Uh, that can be a terrifying thing just in itself if your brain stops working when you're in the middle of of, of something that you're presenting to somebody. And uh, the way to prevent that is to breathe from your diaphragm and keep course, keep calm because you are breathing from your diaphragm. But the mm -hmm. most important, most important thing is to have a reason to speak, to know that you are going to help somebody, that your right. your words are going to be like manna in the wilderness to them. And <laughs> I like when, that. So how do you keep your audience's interest? Do you well, use you big words? Do you no, no, say no, no, something? No, 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 no. Do you tell a don't, joke? Don't use big words and don't tell jokes. The reason why telling jokes doesn't work is that re telling jokes successfully requires a great deal of practice as well as talent. And it never works. I have been to speeches where the jokes have just gone <laughs> oh, down, down to the basement. They've been so heavily laden. But... Um, uh, and, and people who, who are going to speak say, oh, I'm afraid they'll laugh at me. No, they won't. The worst thing 
that will happen to you is that that nobody laughs at you. Uh, it's it's almost impossible to get people to laugh who don't as a matter, want to. As laugh. a matter of fact, they're glad they're not up there speaking. As a that's why they're not going to laugh because they're yes. glad that they're not in that position, right? Right, right, and they're terrified for you anyway. If they can tell that you're terrified, they're terrified. So, um, no, the thing is to fi- figure out what your audience really, maybe, maybe not necessarily needs to hear. Sometimes people don't want to hear what they need to hear, but what they want to hear. Um, mm-hmm. uh, if you, for instance, you're a commercial about going to law school, well, people yep. who are going to law school really want to know how do I get in okay and that's why well, I wrote the book exactly there you go you see now when you give that speech to somebody interested in going to law school you've immediately got them in the palm of your hand and all you have to do is be factual well maybe being clever is good too but being factual is best and uh, appeal to what they want to know do I have to do this do I have to do that uh, and when should I do it? And, right. and how do I go about it? Uh, 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 and these are the questions that people want the answers to, and so they they will listen to you. All right. Well, now, talking about books, you wrote a book called Speak, Don't Freak, subtitle Secrets of Mastering the Fear of Public Speaking, Demystifying, yes. or Demystifying the Tricks of the Public Speaking Trade, and it provides valuable information or invaluable information. So let me see. You started out doing this because you had a fear of speaking. Tell us a little about that. Uh, that's where I got the word terror that leapt in my <laughs> mind immediately. Yes, I was terrified. In the eighth grade, I was at the top of my class, and uh, nobody else was dumb enough to uh, volunteer. I said, okay, I'll do it. Uh, they wanted somebody to give a speech, and, and never having any idea what was what was involved, and the terror that crept up on me beforehand was just unbelievable. And so after that, I decided either I was never going to speak to anybody bef- again, or I would do something about it. And so I decided to to do something about it. And that consisted of practicing in various ways. The first first thing I did was when I hit high school, uh, of course, after eighth grade, you hit high school, uh, was uh, do debate uh, debate team work. Right. And and that was interesting because it kept my first of all worrying about what the next question would be, kept my mind off my fear. And uh, trying to figure out the answer, trying to figure out the the strategy, uh, uh, kept me kept me going. And then after a while, after doing this for a couple of years, I realized I wasn't terrified the way I was the first time. I was still afraid, but I wasn't terrified. There's a difference between being afraid and being terrified. Yeah, because you can get used to doing something, and you can do it uh, proficiently without being ecstatic about doing it yes 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 you can and and uh when it's a question also of whether you're going to get an a in a course or not (laughs) you have a little additional incentive and i wanted to get into college i didn't really think i wanted to go to college but it turned out i did (laughs) really want to and i was glad i had those good grades and i did i got into college and then law school and a very good law school as a matter of fact now let me ask you this 
I know, I, you know, your book is available on Amazon.com. Speak, don't freak. I've read it. It's a short read, but a very valuable read. It has six steps to what you can do. Most people aren't going to go out and be speaking to juries and things like that. But what about people in the business world? I think your book is probably aimed more at people who may have to make presentations at their job and that sort of thing. Tell us yeah. about that. Well, that's that's really where the rubber hits the road, to use a good cliche, because uh, when you're speaking before your boss or where your boss can hear about it, uh, you have everything at stake, like uh, your livelihood, which is very important. And so, um, and in a commercial situation, you want to persuade people, and of course, people who can persuade people are good salespeople. Now, right. salespeople t- talk about, not about themselves, but again, they do what I said the very first thing. They say what people want to know about. In other words, if you're thinking of buying a, uh, a, a hydraulic gizmo, you don't want <laughs> to know how many gears the gizmo has. What you want <laughs> to know is what the gizmo can do for you. Exactly. Can it help you? Can it make your life easier? Can it make your job faster or uh, give you better results? And so you have to change your focus around to what do people want to hear. Mm-hmm. So what kind of speaking, public speaking, do you do, Priscilla? Uh, anything that I'm called upon to do. Um, I don't know. I've, I've done a lot of church speaking, too. I preach mm-hmm. on occasion, uh, uh, and uh, I'm not very good at that, but uh, that that's a lack of knowledge, not a lack of, of, of desire. And then, um, um, I don't know, I can't even remember the last speech I gave. I guess it was preaching. But um, You give several I, speeches a year, though, don't you? Oh, yes, yes. It seems like there's always the, the occasion for it. And then there's another, there's another kind of speaking, which is when you've done something or not done something and you're being interviewed, not, not by you, of course you're, you're, uh, very easy to talk to, but you're being interviewed by somebody who is not really all that interested in hearing what, what you have to say. And you have to, you have to, you have to work your way around that. You know, if, if, you're, if you're doing something uh, with maybe perhaps a political bent, then you've got to figure out how to make it so people don't instantly decide that they've got to kill you. <laughs> well, we won't go into politics here because there's a lot of people who might want to kill me. But at any rate, speaking <laughs> is important. You know, reading the book, you you had a hint in there. I, I've seldom had trouble with dry mouth. Every now and then it might happen to me. But you told me or you wrote about the technique, don't drink a lot of water or soda. Basically, right. you should put the tip of your tongue at the behind your front teeth. And I tried it, and it seems to work. How did you come up with this? I'd never heard of that before. Uh, I read a speech pathologist told me that. In other words, my now-deceased husband told me that. I well, it, seem, it seems to work. Yes, yes, it does work. And, and uh, of course, another thing is if you drink a lot of, of carbonated beverage, you're going to come up with a mighty, mighty, loud burp <laughs> as you're speaking with a microphone that can be really really bad 
So don't don't have. drink carbonated beverages before you speak, huh? Yes, yes, that's a good rule. Yes, yes. I think it's in the book, too. Yeah, I did read about that. Now, how how do you get people to come to you? You say you teach about speaking. Do you advertise this? No, people just know. Uh, I used to be in the National Speakers uh, Organization, and I got a lot of requests to speak from that. And uh, now I am sort of taking it easy and not not worrying about getting another another speaking job. Uh, so it just happens. I mean, you know, sometimes sometimes life has a way of happening when you're not looking. Mm-hmm. That it does. That it really does. Sometimes life takes you where you don't want to be. Sometimes the Lord has something in store for you that you never thought about. Well, listen, You're I want right. you to stay with us a little bit more. We're going to have to take a pause for the cause here, Priscilla. I've got a couple more questions for you. Can you stay with us? Oh, sure. Yeah. All right, then we'll be right back with you, Dave. Let's take her out for just a moment and we'll come back. It's a new year. You're probably making resolutions again, right? Time to find a better job, improve your relationships, and fix your finances. Well, Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited, nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash Birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. You're listening to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Professor Birdsong. Yes, this is Professor Birdsong back with you here. I have a guest today, Priscilla Richardson. She is a speaker, a lawyer. She's written a book called Speak, Don't Freak. It's on Amazon.com. It's a good read if you're interested in speaking. Priscilla, are you still with us? Oh, yes, I'm here. Talking about jobs, which your commercial just did, uh, that's something that most people, that's a time when most people would need speak speaking uh, ability because you you're there in front of the one person or sometimes the two people who will make the difference will you get hired or not and you have to speak up to show yes. what it is that you can offer and again no, you don't tell them how wonderful you are although of course a little bit but you tell them mostly how wonderful you will do in the in the job for them how how happy they will be to have you on the job. Mm-hmm. So when you know, when someone has to speak, maybe to the boss or to the church, how do you want? Or how does one prepare? How, do you some do research uh, on your your the group or what you have to oh, yes, uh, talk yes. about? 
Yeah, you should research the person you're going to be uh, in you be talking to. Um, if you're talking to a group of of engineers, you had better talk about bottom line kinds of things. Engineers aren't interested in process so much as the results. <laughs> yes, when right. Talking, when you're talking to a bunch of lawyers, I don't know how to get them to pay attention. <laughs> but but when like herding to, like herding cats, huh? Yes, right. When you're when you're talking to real people, though, find out what they're interested in. Um, it's easy for me when I go to preach because I know they're interested in the Bible. They want to learn more, uh, and uh, they're not going to pay any attention uh, if uh, it doesn't doesn't uh, thrill them. All they want to do is learn, and so you 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 need to know who your audience is going to be, what what they want to get out of whatever you're you're offering. Right, right. And now let's get back to you got them, you've done your research. How do you keep their interest? You say telling jokes probably is not going to do it, but what about, you know, do you put passion into it? Do you do you put uh I don't know, love into it? How do you keep yeah. their interest? Passion is and love are very good. This is what I'm using with you. I'm trying to keep your interest with with some sort of of, of uh, intellectual passion towards you. And there's nothing better than passion on your subject. If you are passionate about it, even something that seems dull. Uh, now, some people would think giving safety lectures is dull, but there are people who've conquered this this handily because they know how important a, a lecture on safety is. It means that the audience is going to live to, to listen to them another day. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and they, they really are into it. Uh, they could, could, could make it very, very dull, and they could see people falling asleep. But as a matter of fact, I've been in safety lectures where people were about to fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, but, right. I have too. <laughs> but, but when it's done right, when it's done with passion, for, with interest for keeping the people in the audience safe and well, then that's a completely different thing, and the audience will get catch on to that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, look, I know that you like opera. I do, too. Uh, I know the character of Violetta, and I've heard, seen the opera La Traviata many times. Uh, sorry you couldn't make it on the singing thing. <laughs> yes. I, I thought that would be an ideal career, to be a, a Parisian courtesan. It didn't sound like hard work to give a bunch of parties <laughs> and, then, and then go to them. But then it turns out, if you're going to do that, you have to be able to sound uh, better than Joan Sutherland or, or, or any of these other great ladies of the stage. And I can I can barely squeak out the national anthem, so I realized that was hot for me. <laughs> well, look, I know that I'm going to have to let you go, but I'm going to ask about one of the things they used to, to tell me about, you know, if you have stage fright or something like that, think about your audience sitting there in their underwear. That should make you laugh and give you confidence. What do you think about that? You've heard that, I'm sure. Yeah, that, that I tried it once or twice, and it took my mind off whatever I was trying to get together to tell them. And that's, that's a disconcerting notion. <laughs> uh, I mean, you can if you want to, but uh, I don't think it's any particular help. I think what I'm telling you is much more help uh, to concentrate on what people want and need to hear 
and to concentrate on your breathing, your di- breathing from your diaphragm, not your chest now. All right. Your All right. diaphragm. Your All diaphragm. Right. Your diaphragm keeps your voice smooth. It keeps your brain working and uh, gives you the push to keep on going. And uh, that 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 is most most thing most speeches we're delivering are not so life or death that. Uh, uh, Something awful will happen if we right. take a, a, a pause, a, a, you know, a, a stop for a second or two. As a matter of fact, that's perfectly all right. I've heard lots of speakers who speak so fast that people's brains don't have time to catch up. With what yes, I, I, I know just what you're talking about. Listen, this yeah. has got to be my last question. What do you think is an optimum time for a good speech? Is it 20 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour? What do you think? It's what people want. If people are so engrossed in your topic, I can imagine people who want to go to law school, get into a law school. They don't have any idea how to go about it. They're going to want to listen to your speech for an almost an hour because they're so enthralled. They really, really want to know. Now, if you're going to talk to um, to an average person who thinks that this is a lot of uh, Fooey, who would want to be a lawyer anyway? <laughs> 20 minutes for them would be way, way, way too much. So it depends on the, on the audience and on the topic. And so when you've got a good topic that really appeals to your audience, you can go on and on and on, as indeed I have, and nobody complained. And then uh, the other, other way, when you're talking to people who are not that, that thrilled, Stop as soon as you can. Okay. Priscilla Richardson, thank you so much for being with uh, me on the Leonard Birdsong Radio Show. The book is Speak, Don't Freak. It's on Amazon.com. It's a good read if you're interested in speaking. Thank you so much for being with us, okay? Oh, thank you for having me, Leonard. I've appreciated it muchly. All right. We'll talk again sometime, okay? You're, you're a great conversationalist. Uh, yes, 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 we are together. Yes, the two of us. <laughs> All right, then. Well, so much. Uh, we're coming to the end of the show. Uh, thank you very much to Priscilla Richardson, her book, Speak Don't Freak. I am going to end my show with some riddles. Some people out there really like the riddles that I come up with, and I'm glad to hear that. Here is one. You may have heard this. The question, what did one eye say to the other? What did one eye say to the other? You've probably heard that. The other eye said, between you and me, something smells around here. Get it? Between you and me, something between us smells around here. Okay, all right. All right, here's another one. What do you call someone? Okay, all right, let me get the riddles out here. That's the peanut gallery. They're going crazy with this. When the dog swallowed a firefly, what did he do? The riddle. When the dog swallowed a firefly, what did he do? Think about it for a moment now. When the dog swallowed a firefly, he barked with delight. He barked with delight.
It's really not that funny. Here's another one. What do you call someone who's afraid of Santa Claus? What do you call someone who's afraid of Santa? Well, you would call him a claustrophobic, wouldn't you? I don't think that was that funny, Peanut Gallery. All right. A couple more, and I'm going to have to leave you for this week. What do you call a grizzly bear with no teeth? What do you call a grizzly bear with no teeth? Think about it. You got it? What would you call a grizzly bear with no teeth? You'd call him a gummy bear. Get it? A gummy bear? All right. All right. What do you do with a sick wasp? What do you do with a sick wasp? You send it to a waspital, right? Send it to a waspital. All right. The very last one of the day, and I'm going to have to go out. Why do vampires brush their teeth? Think about it. Why do vampires brush their teeth? Well, they brush their teeth to stop bat breath. Vampires brush their teeth to stop bat breath. All right, the peanut gallery is having too much fun here, folks. This is Leonard Birdsong. This is Leonard Birdsong Radio. I'm here with you on Thursdays from 1 until 2 Eastern Standard Time, but you can listen to me 24-7 on TalkZoneRadio.com. I'll be back with you next week with some more dumb criminal law news, riddles, a story, some news tidbits. Until then, you can listen to me all you want 24-7 on TalkZone Radio. You can read my blog, www.birdsongslaw.com. You can even go to my website, find out more about me, leonardbirdsong.com. And you can email me at lbirdsong22 at gmail.com. It's been a pleasure being with you. I'll be back next week. Dave, take me out. Let's hear the music. Thank you.